the doctor did say, you know, you're going to struggle with this because you're 52. I was bed bound. I couldn't get out of bed. I could just about manage to get the loo and couldn't shower. I had to use a flannel to clean myself. Really bad brain fog. I was just unbelievable. My tinnitus was unbearable. Couldn't stand noise. I couldn't stand smells. I couldn't stand light. I literally, you know, standing was impossible. I had such a range of eclectic headaches. I remember I'd be popping ibuprofen and paracetamol every two hours just to keep headache away, to allow me to rest. Slept so much, you know, heaven was just laying down, doing nothing, not being able to move. Welcome everybody to the CFS Health Recovery Interview with Andrew from UK to share his recovery from chronic fatigue syndrome story. Andrew, stoked to have you here. Known you for a while now. We've had a good chat off air. And uh, yeah, I'm so, so pleased to be able to share your story with the world because I think it's a really unique one. And, you know, not many males kind of, you know, once they recover, have that courage to kind of come out and share. It's not usually, it's, you know, usually the person in, puts the fork in the ground and goes, all right, I'm, I'm moving on. Yeah. So I really appreciate your time and yeah, thanks for coming on. If we can kind of wind back the clock before we met when you were suffering with chronic fatigue syndrome, what was going on in Andrew's life back then? Yeah. Hi, Toby. Great to see you again. And thank you for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. Absolute pleasure. So like before chronic fatigue, I had a big job. I had a global role. So I had the pleasure of traveling the world, really like in aftermarkets in Asia and Latin America, as well as Europe. In fact, the only place I didn't have was North America and Canada. So I spent a lot of time in airports, a lot of time in planes, managing a big team for a huge American conglomerate. Did that many, many years. Had an enormous amount of fun. Loved every single minute of what I did. And I guess my summary on that would be work was my happiness. Not that I don't love my family, and absolutely they came first, but I, I lived for work because I just enjoyed what I did so much. And it was very easy to be 24-7, which I did, rightly or wrongly, building around my family as well, first and foremost, they came first. But yeah, work was work was my life, really. I always tried to keep fit when I was younger, younger, fitter person. I had the pleasure of representing England across country, so I was a good runner. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. And whilst that fell away through as my career progressed, I always kept an eye on my health as a number one value, really. So watch what I ate, watch what I drank, and always tried to keep relatively fit, albeit there's always room for more, I suppose, but I did keep a strong eye on that. So I was, I guess I was in some, in many ways, perhaps a classic chronic fatigue person who overdid it, overstretched absolutely everything. I liken, I liken the, myself to Keith Richards, who's, because of his drug use, has, has lived several lives within his lifetime. I certainly haven't lived several lives. I've never done drugs, but I know I, I push so hard and work so hard. I, I always used to get so much into my life that, yeah, at some point, at some point in time, he'd have to catch up with me, and he certainly did. Yeah. And so what, what happened? Like, how did you get chronic fatigue syndrome? Like, you were, yeah, obviously, like, flying around the world, busy father, husband, all that jazz, but, like, where was the, the intersection? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's a slightly interesting one, actually. It's a bit of an anomaly because I got glandular fever at the age of 52, which is not a normal thing. You usually catch it in your teens, in your early right. 20s. Now, what transpired is I actually got chronic fatigue. I actually got glandular fever in my early 20s. I can, pay, I can now relate to getting a virus, which lasts probably about four or five days. I was really poorly with it, but then it left quite quickly. Thought nothing of it. But every 12 to 18 months, I would come down with a really bad virus and it put me in my bed for a week or something like that. So what I actually had at the age of 52 was secondary glandular fever. Mm. Having caught it when it was was young and in my 20s and it reoccurred in a small way throughout my life. But it came back big time when I was when I was 52. So that's a little bit, little bit strange for somebody of that age to get it and the doctor did say you know you're going to struggle with this because you're 52 and usually you get this awful illness when you're a younger man or a younger person or you're mm. so it's going to take some time to recover which was what was confusing initially before they diagnosed post viral fatigue because they thought it was just that i was taking time to recover because of my age the good news about all that having been diagnosed secondary glandular fever or 
morning, as it's called in a certain part of the world. They now acknowledge that the virus, Epstein-Barr virus, is in my body. So I'm on medication now to prevent it ever from coming back. Mm-hmm. If this had happened years ago, I'd have been free of the virus, which used to hit me every 12 to 18 months and, let's say, you know, put me in my bed for a week. Mm. So, you know what? I think it was, it was Gemma, wasn't it, who taught us primary gain, second, primary pain, secondary gain. Mm-hmm. So the primary pain was getting secondary glandular fever. The secondary gain is now on medication to prevent that. Prevent that's never going to happen again. <laughs> so, but, so, yeah. so that kind of, you know, you're obviously suffering from glandular fever for a period of time in, you know, in your 50s. When did the doctor diagnose you with chronic, chronic fatigue syndrome after some time of experiencing that? Yeah, I was really lucky, actually, because my doctor, fortunately, has has a friend who's got chronic fatigue or a patient who's got chronic fatigue. Happens to be a friend as well. So she was on it straight away. I got sent for lots of tests, and they tested for everything when I wasn't recovering from the glandular fever. And very quickly, I think it was probably within about four weeks, maybe six weeks, it was right, okay, you're on your glandular fever. What you've got is post-trial fatigue. I remember it's like take three months to get over this and uh, that was pretty much it so I was I guess again very fortunate that early on I knew what the problem was even though nobody really understood it and nobody really explained especially here in the UK it was it was limited as to what you can do and how you deal with it I distinctly remember we were 12 months in with having post-viral fatigue and then I got sent to um specialist unit to get checked out and they just confirmed yeah it is post-viral fatigue but now we'll class it's chronic fatigue because you've had it for 12 months and the 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 lasting statement was nothing we can do thanks very much goodbye that was it then and that's when that's when i and my family started to investigate okay how do i deal with this how did you find that like that just makes me so angry when i hear things like that yeah i'm like what yeah yeah i mean my wife was my wife had to take me at the time and she was furious so we'd spent a long time in the hospital and everything i mean done all the tests and she knew how poorly it was so she was like what what do you mean that's it you just can't kick us out and that was it and i i was still I'm, I'm a very glass half full person yeah. so i just believe that all right i'll find a way out of this there's a way it's a solution right i'll just work hard on sleeping more and focusing on being as healthy as possible and i'll find a solution for it so it probably took me another another 12 months before it finally hit me that hang on a minute you know my plan was to make a full recovery to live the life i love that's the line i had in my head whilst I was you know, effectively in bed for 24 months. Wow. It, it then hit me two years in that, actually, hang on a minute, this actually may be as good as it gets, and I may have to live with this for the rest of my life. Wow. So that's when I, I started to be a little bit more, okay, let's look into other things I should be doing, could be doing, which might help. And that's that's the, that's the backstory, really. Yeah, that's, that's where it all... Yeah, I had no idea that, you know, that's how bad it got as well and i and i didn't know you know i think someone like you you're you're such a go-getter so it makes sense to me that you're you're optimistic for yourself but still yeah i can just imagine how infuriating that would have been especially in the country that you live in you'd think that there would be some practical help which i know there isn't because we help people in 60 countries and there's a reason for that yeah (laughs) whole reason why i started this thing in the first place just before we move forwards, what what were some of the symptoms you experienced at the start? Like, were you when you said you're in bed, you know, pretty much for 24 months straight? Like, what you know, physical symptoms? What you're experiencing? Brain fog. Do you know what's really interesting? Yeah, the brain's very clever, isn't it? So it starts to forget or or eliminate all the things in your life which are bad. So when I have to think about when I had chronic fatigue, what were my systems? I really have to think about it. Yeah. Whereas once upon a time, I could just reel them off because I had them every single day. Exactly. Whereas, you know, whereas now it's like, oh, come on, yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was bed bound. I couldn't get out of bed. I could just about manage to get the loo and I couldn't shower. I had to use a flannel to clean myself. Really bad brain fog. I was just unbelievable. My tinnitus was unbearable. I couldn't stand noise. I couldn't stand smells. I couldn't stand light. I literally, you know, 
standing was impossible. I had such a range of eclectic headaches. I remember I'd be popping ibuprofen and paracetamol every two hours just wow. to keep headache away to allow me to rest. Slept so much. I guess I was one of the fortunate ones as in I had sleep disruption, but not bad. I know when I was on the course, you, you, you tell experience, people's experience where they... It sounds like you were in a heavy stage one acute stage of suffering where you're just so lethargic and exhausted like your body oh, absolutely you know heaven was just laying down doing nothing not being able to move yeah and it's a strange feeling when you when you get up and you do something and then you, you lay back down again the the, the the feeling of your body says oh thanks for doing that it was just incredible that's all i wanted to do was lay there mm-hmm. yeah so the first two years were were pretty grim pretty pretty grim but as i say i was mentally I was pretty much okay. Once or twice, it was a bit, mm, this is a bit, you know, what's going on here? But as I say, when I hit that that two-year period, I, I sort of created a metaphoric line. There was the, the right-hand side of the line, which is the right place to be, and the left-hand side of the place was the wrong place to be. And occasionally I'd drift over to the left-hand side and have some pretty dark thoughts, but I knew when that was happening, I had to perhaps let it happen to a little bit and then snap myself out of it and get myself back into the right hand side by distracting myself or doing something. And what and what what was the right what did the right hand side look like? Was there any particular thing? Because this you this you hadn't joined the program at this stage, I'm assuming. Is that right? Yeah. So you're still suffering on your own. You got no practical help. You're just obviously very switched on kind of guy. So yeah, tell me like the left side because this is brilliant. I love this. The right hand side was just the positive me. Yeah. And. Dreaming of the future. So I had my my vision of success. And okay, I'm corporately trained. Okay, so objective, vision, strategy, how are you going to get there? So at this point in time, yeah, I had I had certain pictures in my head. One was me having the motivation of motivating myself to get well by picturing being on the top of the mountain with my family to be able to ski down again. Or it was me being fit enough and getting well enough to be able to do a triathlon again. Yeah. Spring trial, not a long one, okay, I've given that yeah. up years ago. It was me walking back into my offices, be it in LA, Brazil, Mexico, anywhere around the world, Europe, and greeting all the people who I knew and, and worked with for many years. Those were the visions I had to keep myself motivated, uh, and that worked pretty well. The hard thing was, you know, things that come around and... I remember when I was on the course, we learned the joy of missing out rather than FOMO. FOMO. And it was the fear of missing out, which used to take me on the wrong side because I'd happily send my family off to events and things and I could never go. Mm. And I knew they felt bad leaving me, but there's no point in them staying at home with me because I'm just in bed doing nothing. So why spoil Mm. their lives? You have to go. So there's one or two occasions when it's like, "Mm, this is hard. This is really hard. Christmas, New Year things like that. Those were the reasons what caused it. But as I say, I could always go, right, okay, where's my vision? Let's look at my vision. Let's focus on yeah. you know what it's gonna be like one day. And that kept me that kept me in a positive and, and helped. Alive, yeah. No, it did. It did. It did. I never got to the point where anything really dark crept in. Yeah. I may have had those thoughts once or twice, but I was just, I'm just not brave enough to go there. And I've got even, I've got children, so it's never going to happen from that point of view. No, no. I mean, so, you're a, you're a strong kind of strong kind of guy, obviously as well. All right, far out. This is so insightful already. I haven't even got into it. This is so good. So you know, as I said earlier, right? My my online delivery is just rolled up on the draft. So I'm really sorry. Okay. So go go get your online delivery. Yeah. Get on, on delivery. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking and come back. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that. I'm really <laughs> sorry. Andrew's wife just ducked out to go do something and oh, there's a dog and, and there's an online delivery person coming. And Andrew said before the interview, he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, but my wife's gone out. And I'm like, Don't worry, it's totally fine. We can we can go we can work around the uh delivery guy. So man, Andrew's story is just incredible. I'm not surprised that his mindset was like this before he joined the joined the program because he he did so well when he joined the program. And to he sounds like he started the program already in a good positive mindset and mind frame of of red line, green line. Red line being being like putting yourself down, self-sabotaging, getting in your own way of recovery. 
And green line is on the line of success of where you want to go. And it makes total sense to me now. I've never chatted to uh, Andrew about this, obviously. This is the first time he's sharing this. But it makes sense to me of why he was able to kind of, when he joined the program, he got going and things kind of were a bit smoother than uh, most people because he was already in a good place mentally to start with. And this isn't to say that chronic fatigue syndrome is all in your head. It just means that when you're starting from a good place mentally, like the, doing the physical things is a lot easier than dragging your feet and like being in that red red zone or dark zone where, you know, it's just like hard to do anything, basically. All sorted, Andrew. Awesome. Good, thank you. Apologies. All good. So, okay. So after those two years of suffering and basically being in bed the whole time, what, how did you get the right help? Were you searching on you, you know, on YouTube and Google or like, how did you navigate trying to find the right help? Did you try a million different things like most people? Yeah, absolutely. So again, I was fortunate to, to a degree with, I was still employed. The insurance company, which was paying my salary, gave me a, what they class as a rehabilitation coach. And I, the idea was get me better as soon as possible so they have to stop paying my salary and I get back to work. To be fair, she was brilliant at doing a lot of research and sending me everything, which I, I, between myself and my wife and my family, we read and understood and created a plan of sorts. But I do remember thinking, God, I wish I knew somebody who could talk me through this a little bit more experienced it just to make sure what I'm doing is the right thing rather than mm. just trying to out and then i went down the nutrition route and i had a nutrition coach who was brilliant at making sure i was eating all the right foods which i pretty much was actually as best i could but also then i was spending spending a fortune on supplements which i probably did for about 18 months two years and you know that that achieved nothing other than a huge bank other than a huge into my bank account it didn't it didn't help and but having said that you know, there was, I was doing so many things as well. So there was, there was something called the lightning process, which I don't know whether you've heard about or not, which I tried. Again, it cost a lot of money. didn't really help other than it's based on NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which I knew from my business world. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what I was doing anyway to a degree. So that perhaps helped a little bit because it reaffirmed the positivity of affirmation. But it didn't help in other ways because that was all about believing you can do it, picturing being successful and pushing and pushing and pushing, which obviously caused, caused a crash. So, you know, I was also seeing, started seeing a lady who was a holistic practitioner. So she dealt with the meditation, the better yoga, because at that point, because I'd been laying down so much, I was in so mm. much pain back and things. Oh, yeah. So I started to piece all these things together, which helped. And was moving me in a direction which was slowly getting better but that took me to a point where i could do a lot more in comparison to being in bed i was able to do things but i was constantly boom and bust mm. overdoing things crashing feeling like i was getting in the right direction and i'd get, get a cold or something and take myself away back again or i'd go and do something which would cause me to crash and put me back in bed for a week or a month or mm. whatever so I was in that in that zone of, I think also I got to a point where I really didn't care anymore. I, I knew that I could get myself to a certain level of wellness. And then I think, right, I'm going to do some life. And by going and doing life then. Right, I see. Yeah, careless, kind of reckless. Yeah, exactly. Reckless is, is exactly what it was. Yeah, from frustration um, probably, really. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. I, didn't really know any more than what I know other than we got something, we discovered things which were helping and therefore getting me to a certain place. But that's where I was a bit of a merry-go-round. And I guess that's where I stayed until I joined you guys, CFS Help. And I remember we'd been away on holiday and we're in the UK. It was just after the pandemic. We went away with my children one child had just had his second COVID injection and he was really struggling with that. He was quite poorly whilst we were away. The other child at the same time got mumps. So she was pretty ill. So they wanted to do nothing other than sit on the beach all day. Yeah. And we were fortunate that we were down in Cornwall, beautiful beach right by the house where we were staying. 
So all we did every day was literally get up, sit on the beach, enjoy the sun, go home. Mm. And as we travelled back, my wife said, you know, you've cooked really well this week. And I thought, yeah, you're right, I have. And the reason why I've cooked really well this week is because actually all I've done is sit on the beach one day and be with my family. And yeah, I've done some walking and things, but nothing major. Mm. So that's when the penny dropped. You know, my baseline is is wrong and I'm not I'm not being disciplined with myself enough. And that's when I met you guys. How did you find CFS Health? Where did you find it? Was it searching or? Yeah, it, it, you popped up actually on something. So there's a somebody in the UK called Dr. Sarah Mayhill. Yeah, who's supposed who's a chronic fatigue specialist, and then yeah. she's written a book. Which somebody had bought me, cracked by me. It's five hundred pages of really detailed stuff. Yeah, but she's I, funny. I, I like that. She's good. She's very passionate. <laughs> I couldn't deal with that. But she also had an online site. So as I signed up for an online site, there must have been some sort of clever link which brought me into CFS Health. Wow. And I found you, which I think took me through to YouTube, and I saw some of the videos you posted there, and that was it. That was absolutely it. Then for the first time, I thought this may be somebody who allows me to understand it better and just give me some direction as to all the things I'm trying to do. Are they right? Are they wrong? Yeah. Uh, so that was that was the start point. Were you skeptical before you joined the program? Even though you know, obviously, the penny dropped and you were like, "Oh, this makes total sense." But were you like, oh, "Is this just another thing to try?" Or did it? Was it different? Yeah, it's a good point, actually. I was probably getting to that stage where I was running out of things to try. I, I, I like to have a menu of all the things I could look to do, and I'd exhausted anything. I mean, the only thing I hadn't, there was two things I hadn't done, which are still on my list. One was acupuncture, and the other one was cranial osteopathy. And But this came along, so we, I joined up. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was very. I think I was very optimistic, because I think I really liked the video I saw of, of you talking. I think you... From memory, I think you might be in France and you were by a pool and you're just giving a, a, an update on something. You must have been on vacation or something. Yeah, I was working with and a client over did, there. Yeah, yeah, something just clicked. And I thought, you know what? I'll give this a try. And why not? You know, some of the other things I've tried. It's just another thing. I always, even though there was a cost against it, everything was a cost against it I was doing, I just saw it as an investment. It was an investment in my health and trying to get better. So, yeah, no, I, I think with what I was perhaps fortunate that what I discovered just really clicked with me. So I was excited about it. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Did yeah, the two just, week, program, I think, is it did the baseline two week? I was just thinking, yeah, I was just thinking like your, I think the reason why you transitioned into the program really well is because like your mindset was so good before you even joined, which I didn't know, obviously. Like I didn't have a full transparent understanding of like what you'd been through the optimism that you had, the visions that you're already seeing and thinking and feeling about. It was just that you didn't have the right plan, you know? Yeah. And so when you got the plan, it just all made sense and you were able to do it. Now, that doesn't mean it happened overnight. It doesn't mean there weren't ups and downs. Like, I think you were, how, how long were you in the program for? Can't even 12 know. months. 12 months, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's the right amount of time to get really good physical change, provided yeah. you're consistent and doing the work. So what was it like when you joined the program? Obviously, there's a million different things that can help you through through that. But for you, what stood out the most? Like, you know, I know you mentioned the Gemma stuff before, and we can talk about mindset later. But what was the first thing that you implemented that was a game changer for you? So first thing I implemented was... Where's this smile coming first, from? <laughs> yeah, no, it was brilliant. It's very first And we touched very briefly on baseline. And I sat up thinking, great, okay, here we go. This is what I want to know. And you simply said, whatever you're doing, just half it. And I thought, <laughs> really? Is that it? Is that it? You're like, what? <laughs> what am I paying yeah. for? So I did, right? I just half everything I was doing. And at the, at the time, you know, we recently got a doc to help me and that you know, I could take the dog for a walk because that, that was what I was able to do. So I just simply halved the amount of time I took the dog out. I halved everything I did around the house. I suppose hand in hand with that was the learning to ask for more help, mm. just asking for more help, reducing the, the general activity. So within literally within certainly seven days, if not two weeks, I remember thinking, I felt so good that if I can improve this much again with in just two weeks, really onto something here. Mm. And I think then I got to a point where 
the difference so was so great. And, you know, I, I I thought even if this is a, if this is the level I'm at, it's so good now versus where it was. Wow. Uh, I, I I'd be happy with this. Yeah. So I think uh, I remember that yeah. actually. Yeah, I remember you thinking that, and I'm always like, no, 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 don't settle. Like, don't get yeah. so comfortable because we there's always more to improve. But yeah, that's cool. And like, just for reference of people at home, you might be thinking, uh, like, what? How does that work? Why would you halve everything? So we have a, a rule of thumb, especially the initial framework of baseline is just to stop the push and crash cycle. Like, we've just got to stop that first before we even think about progress. But what Andrew did perfectly was basically reduce the daily load he was placing on his body. But that didn't mean you stopped doing everything. It was about being consistent with what you could do every single day, not just like once a week. And so that's where you were able to feel good because you were able to do everything that you wanted to do at the reduced rate that was appropriate for you, which was which made you feel good because you could do it and it wasn't bad for you. You know, it wasn't having a negative deficit in your energy levels or your health. And, you know, just for reference for everybody, this is just an initial protocol. It's not forever. Like you can't, how do you progress if you start, if you start, if you stay like that, doing that forever, you can't. And so just FYI, because I, I see it on the internet, so many people are like, but I'm doing what Toby's telling me and it's not working. It's like, no, you're not doing, you can't just get one bit of context and make that your life's like, you know, it doesn't work like that. And so it's just an initial protocol to stop these crazy ups and downs. So then we can make progress. So, I mean, it's so cool, though, like the fact that you saw that initial change pretty fast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Was there a mindset shift? Because that's, you know, I think one of the hardest things for most people is like, they're like, I can't do, I can't do less. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like hurts the ego or I can't not go to the gym. I can't not go push myself. Like, was there a bit of a challenge there for you or were you able to accept that pretty quick? You know, fortunately, I was able to accept that pretty quick, but I think it was because prior to joining CFS Health, I'd been in that zone for so long where I wouldn't have been ready for making it. And my wife quite often points out to me that things work because I was ready for them to work, mm-hmm. be that either physically or mentally. So I, I literally took everything literally and did what I was built to do right literally and yeah so i'm not saying there weren't days when i was like oh yeah of course yeah you're human just gotta get out four wall syndrome i just you know especially in the winter when it's dark and wet and you're stuck in the house Uh, but no pretty much i i was i was the i was an excellent student (laughs) you were an excellent student i loved working with you it was fun especially in lifestyle integration when you started really you know kicking goals yeah, is there? Do you have any advice? Like, because I feel like a lot of people just struggle with that acceptance bit, you know. Initially, like you, you had a great breakthrough early on, but it was purely just because you accepted where you're at and you got on with it. And most people, like we say, acceptance is the start of your recovery, not the end. Whereas most people think accepting it is the end. It's like no, it's like it's the total opposite. Yeah, no. I think I also remember very early on that I listened to a lady who was probably similar age to myself. And I think she said, I can't remember her name, but I remember her saying something like, these are the words, ignore time. Just ignore time. And then when you join, there is so much, there's so much there. And she said, you know, it it can appear to be overwhelming. Don't just take your time and gently go through the things you want to go, go through. This is Um, a person who did our program, was it? Someone... Okay, so cool. early, early on, I watched one of the podcasts. I think it was a podcast, yeah. Yeah, cool. It wasn't live. It was a podcast one, yeah. yeah. Those are the two pieces of advice which, which stuck, and I think were really beneficial at that point of my yes. joining. Yeah? Yeah. So that just helped me to think, okay, so if I ignore time, we've got a, we've got a long way to go here. And then if I look at all this stuff, it is overwhelming, but if I don't try and do it all today, and I think I made a rule then I might look at one thing a day just to not become overwhelmed and just look. that way I probably learned more as well because I could just, that's it for today, leave it at that. And then all of a sudden, you know, after a week's gone by and taking that approach, you know, and you look at the, the mentality of, of looking back as to, you know, what's, what's changed over these last 
month or in, for me as it was last week, I suddenly thought, all right, I've learned lots here and I'm not overwhelmed and I'm ignoring time. So yeah, to you know, to answer your question, it, it just it just naturally came to me rather yeah. than me trying to find it. Well, you didn't fight it either. Shout out to the lady who who did that interview. I don't know who it was. So if you're watching this, if you if you're watching this, big shout out to you. Ignore time, and I love that because in your mind initially, when you're thinking like you're like, oh, it might take a while, but actually that sped up your recovery if you think about yeah. it. Because you're not putting time pressure on you, which you don't need any more ridiculous stress. So it's so fascinating. It's like we literally did a we did a training together with all our members today on how to use the program properly so you can get the most out of it. And one of the the key the key concepts was ignoring time. You know, drop the clock. We say, uh, yeah, the clock. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It yeah. really is hard yeah. to do. It's, you know, it's one of those easier said than done. But and you know, I and in my mind now, I'm I'm 59 now, and you know I see how quickly time slips through your fingers. You know, I've got one son who's now left over. My other, my daughter's in the last year of university, and all of a sudden you think, crikey, you know, funny old thing, life, and it it slips through your fingers, and before you know it, and I'm 60 next year, and you think, crikey. Mentally, I still think of 25, okay? That's, I think you are as well. I think you're very sharp. <laughs> that's part of my problem. It's, it's yeah, time, ignoring time is like, yeah, it probably gets harder to do as you get older as well, actually. But, but I so, feel like the fastest way to success in any area of life is to ignore time. Like, the pianist doesn't look at his clock every time he plays the piano and goes, why aren't I there yet? Like, why aren't I the best in the world yet? Like, they just play and play and play and play and play. And eventually they end up being the best or the soccer player. You know, I just I just don't think nothing great happens by putting that clock on top of your head. Like it just, I don't think it breeds success personally. You know, goals and objectives are great you know, and intentions, we're big on that. But I just, I don't know, there's this thing, I don't know why, but um, the secret sauce is to not ask or constantly think about how long it's going to take is one of the key quarterstones to recovery or to success yes. in general yes yeah yeah you're definitely. not wasting time thinking about it you're just doing right. what you have to do interesting yeah, no. no absolutely completely yeah agree. Completely. so okay completely so that agree. that's really good feed i love that i love the ignored time piece and just do what you what's appropriate for you what else did you find helpful for you in the program specifically because everyone's different everyone's different and i think two things for me and I remember thinking this, I was going through the course. Some of the one-liners and little anecdotal things, like you just said, then stop the clock. Yeah. They always felt appropriate or I could relate to them at some part of wherever I was in my journey. This is on a coaching guess, call? Kind of coaching call? In the- yeah, on a coaching call or stuff I was reading or some of the history stuff, which was which was there. You know, I just found little snippets which were which was so helpful. And I, I, you know, it's, it's, I remember thinking, I must remember that when I'm, when I'm better, that, that was the one thing. But there were so many of them. But the second thing, and this is the main thing for me, what got me to where I am now is it was, it was my routine. And within routine, I, I capture everything, right? And I, as we talked earlier, yeah, I've been given advice as to what you need to do to get ready to get well from chronic fatigue but in a way which was here's a piece of information here's a book here's a website here's a, you know, something you can listen to and i took all this information in and then tried to make head and tail of it and i used to explain to my friends when they saw me getting better and i was trying to explain what cfs help had done for me as i said it's like it's like trying to make a cake and You've got some of the ingredients, but you haven't got all the ingredients. And then the ingredients you get, you put them together in the wrong order. And try <laughs> yeah. to make. You make a and really bad cake. <laughs> yeah, you end up with a bit of a mess. Yeah. Right? That's what I was doing before I joined CFS Health. What a metaphor. What's, what I did then was by getting that routine in order for every single day, and again, being incredibly disciplined with it and you know doing the hard work as you as you guys call it and so i would i would religiously go to bed at 10 o'clock i would lights out nothing else in my bedroom 
I'd be out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning regardless. Pint of water, 20 minutes later I'd have my breakfast, healthy breakfast as best I could. Then I get myself ready, I take my dog for a walk, I come back, I'd meditate, and do whatever was required was at the for time. that day. Exactly. I'd eat, I'd eat at 12.30 and I, if I needed to sleep, and in those days I did, I'd make sure I slept before one o'clock. And instantly, by getting the routine in, the, in, in place and sticking to it, my sleep started to reduce, which was another positive sign. Because you were sleeping crazy. And, like you were sleeping a lot before you did uh, the program. You were sleeping a lot, but then during the day, those were getting. Yeah, I was sleeping, I was sleeping, I was sleeping up to two hours a day, or whenever as well. So yeah, yeah. I'd just sleep whenever. So the routine would be if I needed to sleep, I'd go and rest maybe 11 o'clock, something like that. So if I did fall asleep at the day, it'd be early enough in the day to allow myself to be tired in the evening. So I ate at the right time, the same time every day. I put energy into my body at the same time every day. And, you know, I I got the discipline to, if I was preparing food, I'd sit preparing food so I wouldn't be overdoing it till the end. I didn't always get it right. Okay, it sounds like it's easy it's not and then i'll be in bed by 10 o'clock again regardless mm-hmm. and that was the routine which i stuck to relentlessly 12 months and little by little True. yeah little by yeah. little little by little and you know you don't notice it it's only then when you do the month call you go right look back what have you done and like you know you jot down and you think oh crack you're blind you know there's some good stuff there and yeah. it's that moment in time so the routine the routine is it's, it's it's one word which encompasses absolutely everything I I learned and took on board, which one hundred percent got me from where I was prior to joining CFSL to being where I am now. I want to intervene a little bit because root, the word routine is just it's it's a shit word, really. You know, like it's like ugh, routine. You know what I mean? It's just like it's not a fun word. Like it's none of us <laughs> want to hear about it. But like what you're sim- like I want to break it down for people because I think this is important for a little bit of context. So when Andrew is saying like routine and he's just shared one of his many routines with you throughout 12 months of work, this is really important to understand because the routine he started to do when he first joined the program is very, very different to the routine he had when he was 12 months in, in right? In terms of progress, in terms of the capacity output, in terms of what you were doing and achieving in your life and in your world. A lot of that stuff at the, let's say nine month, 11 month, whatever, you couldn't do in month one, two, three, four, five, you know, and it was one of those things that you had to build up. And so I just want people at home to know that there's, there's nuance to routine that's, that's so overlooked with so many people, probably you're listening to this right now, suffering and struggling with this that you don't have the right routine for you and you're not sticking to exactly what's appropriate for you. Maybe you don't even have a routine at all. Maybe you don't have a morning routine. Maybe you don't have a during the day routine and energy in activities, energy out activities. You might not have your sleep dialed in throughout the day and night. You know, all of this affects everything. And I just think like, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to break that down just a little bit, just, just in case people are like, oh, it's, oh, so it's that easy. It's just routine. It's like, no, it's actually really complicated. It's actually really, really, what it is, it sounds so simple that it sounds almost too easy, but it's not easy. Simple doesn't mean easy. And I think that's where people get it wrong is like, simple doesn't mean easy. Simple is usually the hard, it's the hard stuff like this to get that nuanced discipline on what is working and and holding that thought down and being consistent with that 100 percent percent and I've, i have i've made it sound very easy but no yeah you're right i remember what's the word it was curious curious so mindset yeah when he wasn't going right okay so that isn't working let's what can we change yeah um, and that was that was you know part of the the discipline as well to get to get it right which because it didn't always go right absolutely it didn't always go right but it was then having the okay well it doesn't matter let's just yeah. be curious about what i could do to make it go right and what did i do wrong or what not in my yeah, body things right. yeah exactly and we just we just kept tweaking things and playing around and yeah and just it just gradually 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 fell into place again 
Okay, so I have simplified it, and it wasn't that easy, and it is easy to say. And I do, I listen to you just summarise that. I do recall you actually saying, "Yeah, it's it's easier said than done. It's so simple, but it's it's yeah, actually it's simple." I mean, for me, it was the most important thing, and probably yeah, the hardest thing to figure out what was right for me to find what was the the right setup to to, to allow my body to recover. Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that routine was the biggest thing for you because I personally, like you're preaching to the choir here. Like I think it's so vital. And if you think about it, like if you don't plan your day or have intentions for your day, your day plans you, you know. Anyone have those days where you nothing, you just don't, you don't have an idea of what you're going to do. You're just going to wake up and see what happens and then the whole day goes by and you're like, yeah. You know, so yeah, I think it's so good. It's so cool that you mentioned routine as your number one thing. Uh, obviously, baseline was tied into that, but it's so under talked about in the world of of recovery. And I think personally that it's the reason why people get better is because every it's not the routine. It's not routine that is what gets you better. It's everything that you do in that routine that gets you better. Absolutely, that's that, that's the point I'm trying to make. So I summarise it, executive summary with a bad word, but it, it is everything within that. No, and we need to make routine sexy again. Let's bring it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I look for a better word than routine. Yeah. Uh, and actually, what's interesting, I joined CFS thinking it was just my baseline, which was wrong. Yeah, everyone does this. <laughs> it was just that was just part of it. There's far oh, more. There's so much more. Uh, People do that all the time. They're like, I just need, I just need my baseline. And this is a lot of people will email us say, I just want to do the movement part of your program, or I just need the nutrition. And it's like, you don't understand until like why we can't do that for you because we're going to fail you if you just think it's one thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a big jigsaw. You've got to put it together in the right order, otherwise the pictures doesn't come together. What was it like, you know, with those, so every month we would do a win the month planning call and you were very dedicated to them. I know we did a bunch together. And so we'd we'd jump on a call with a bunch of other members and we'd talk about what worked, what didn't work. And you get to mastermind with other members who were on the recovery journey so you could share wisdom and insights and and all that. And I got two questions. One, like, what was that, you know, process like for you? Did that help you with your recovery? Obviously, it's super unique and 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 not a lot of people ever experienced anything like that. But did that help? You know, you said you looked back. We we would look back every month to see your progress and and kind of keep you accountable that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think some of those breakout groups are they're invaluable, really, because I mean, first, first of all, you start to bond with people who you, you don't know, but you have so much in common. Yeah. So there's, there's automatically a friendship. And now I'm still, you know, I'm still in. You know, soon I can see that. Yeah. Gel. I'm still close to you know several others as well, and you know we, we we're friends offline and we check in on each other. So you know they start to build build those bonds and things. But then you learn so much from other people. Oh, you take what they've experienced. You think that's good. And I remember I was sharing one thing which I'd done, which I was so proud about because I am I am you know uh, I hate this but. I can't think of a better word of saying I was the alpha male. I came from a very aggressive business world. I was, you know, it's, it's, I, I always work with strong colleagues. Yeah. We had a get together, which was well enough to go to, but I had to tell these guys that things were different. Mm-hmm. So before we met, I sent them all a text saying, okay, this is me now. This is what I need to do. I don't drink, so don't buy me any alcohol. I want to eat with you guys, but if we're eating, we need to eat at six o'clock and I'll be in bed by 10. Now, to send that message to those people, right, given the world they we knew each other in, which was a cut through a business world, and they were people who I knew, these people I knew from 20, 30 years ago, we were all very career-minded and career-driven. You know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a hard thing to do, but it was the best thing I did because the minute I got there, Somebody got me a herbal tea. We went at eight early. They put me in a taxi back for back from the restaurant to the hotel, and it was that that point about le- learning and asking for help. Yeah. So I asked for help, and I, I remember I shared it in one of those the, that that environment, and it was it felt great for me because I'd done something which really worked. I picked up on it from somebody else's conversations about their, their, their boundaries, their expressing yourself. Yep. Correct. 
yeah, managing the boundaries, managing expectations. So that was something I took from one of those breakout groups. I then used myself and it really worked. And I learned to do more of it, even just at home. You know, if I was just, for example, trying to cook something, I'd say, guys, I can't do it to that. Can somebody else do it? Or I am going to do this, but you need to pass me a stool. I just need to sit while I'm doing it. And just asking for help a little bit more. So they were great. They were invaluable. So, you know, yeah. That's just one example of, of what I remember and the friendships which came from it as well. That's still there mm, today. So, mm, so good. Yeah, no, they're good. They're good. They're yeah, good. so I love them. I do remember that call, actually. Mm. We've done, you've done lots of shares over, the, over that time. What was it like, you know, so, you know, <clears throat> as you progressed physically, mentally, all that jazz, you know, what was it like kind of in the later months, you know, month nine, month 10, as as you inter- you were integrating back into life, you joined our up level program, lifestyle integration, where we help you kind of navigating life. But yeah, what was it like coming from like struggle street to like getting to that level of like just more life and ease and you know thinking about jobs and all that jazz? Yeah, and I think what was interesting thing about that point is I I I started to get so many ideas and. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I remember that. You take you take the you take the lid take the lid off a can of worm, lit on there, everything comes screaming out, or it's Pandora's box, and you have the opportunity to like crikey blind me, what what am I gonna do now? So so I just I just tried to sit in a different way. All the muscle in my hamstrings and got cramped. And suddenly got me to that. So yeah, it was it was just fascinating, absolutely fascinating and I think I'm still I'm still in an interesting place there actually, and I guess just to summarise, I'm no longer now employed. I've accepted a settlement from the insurance company, which means I'm I'm done work-wise. I'm re- I'm effectively retired at the age of fifty-nine, which is still I'm still figuring out. Yeah, you're what? you're a, you're you're. A, I mean, I remember just talking to you when we were in Lifestyle Integration on a coaching call. You know, you had all these business ideas, you know, maybe I want to do this, maybe I want to do that. Maybe I can just retire for a little bit and I can work later if I want to. I've got, you know, you've got a million different contacts in your world. So the world's kind of your oyster, but I love that struggle of the Pandora's. Like, you know, once you started getting better, I was like, oh my God, there's so many opportunities. For me, you sound like a really methodical type of person who who thinks things through. And I love that about you. I think it's so such a good trait to have. Yeah, I remember I came up with three goals actually. The first was to come was to get fit. And where I am on that is that's excellent work in progress now. Yeah. So I'm in the gym three or four times a week. You're about to go to your uh, first spin class today, you said off yeah, air. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I love it. Like you're gonna, it's like, so good. It's like you're you're 59, it's the first spin class you've ever done. It's brilliant. Yeah, I, and I mean that's that's that's, it's the winter now here in the UK, right? So it's too cold to be out on my bike. In the summer, I was out on my bike, which I love. Yeah. Gyms, I'm not a big fan of. I've never have been, but hey, it's the winter now, so I'd rather be in the gym than out on my bike. And so, yeah, the, the, the fitness thing is is just amazing. And I guess there's two sides to that. Oh, you are, I am very methodical, and there's two reasons for doing the gym. First of all, very briefly, completely out of the blue, I had a heart attack in May which has everybody scratching their heads. So I've not got cardiac history in my family. I've never done drugs. I've never smoked. Social drinker, relatively fit, BMI great, cardiac okay, and so cholesterol okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just an anomaly. But as part of that, the big part of recovery there is is, is, is fitness and whatever, which is me to a T, love it. So all that sorted now but it also does quite nicely into that number one objective, objective of getting fit because not only am I getting fit after my chronic team and getting fit after I'm two stents fitted in my heart, which just allows me to go from strength to strength. And I realise how much strength I've lost from having two years in bed and being very limited to what I could do. Yeah, You know, ticking a big box of increasing my core strength, if you like, yeah. which I pass as, yeah, recovery from chronic fatigue, recovering from a heart attack, but also it's preparations for the future years. If I am approaching 60 now, it means that my health is going to be better than what it ever would have been if I'd been still in the corporate world because I'm physically so much stronger. Yeah. So I I think I summarized by saying, okay, I want to I want to get fit. I want to be able to run 5K. 
about to part the running because of my age, my knees don't like it, my ankles don't like it. It's not a problem from a heart point of view or a chronic fatigue point of view. I can run, but it's my body saying, mm, running's not the right thing. Yeah, high, impact. Like, high impact. I'm going, yeah, I'm going cycling tonight. So that was the first objective which which we came up with. The second one was to yeah, release myself from the corporate world. And I said I gained agreement with the, my employer back in January this year. So yeah, I'm now in a situation where financially we're okay. Not as well as we would have been, okay, if I'd been in the corporate world still and what I was earning and everything. But that's okay. I don't care about that anymore. We're still in a good place. Mm-hmm. But that allows me then to do whatever I want. And that, that's the piece I'm still figuring out. I did plan to do voluntary work in the autumn. Yes. But because I'm so wrapped up in getting my fitness to where I want to be, I've parked that until the new year and the spring. Because then I'll be six months into what will be an active physical program. And in my mind, I want to be as strong I was as I was when I was 18. Not necessarily as fit, because when you're fit, when you're 18, you can actually get very fit. Yeah. But my core body strength, I want to be the same as what it was when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Whilst I don't like, as I said, I didn't like gym. I'm actually motivated by the gym when I see what other people are doing there. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's like motivation thing, right, okay, get your finger out, get on with it, gently, gently catch your monkey yeah. and come in next year. I'm going to be, I'm going to be able to lift a lot more push a lot more weight than what I'm going to be able to do and my car's going to be where I want it to be and then my health's in good shape so I can get you know, a long, long, healthy life. Did you go through um, Did you go through our Movement Mastery program with Steph? Yeah. yeah. So, Steph so you rebuild, recondition your body throughout the program yeah. to be able to get you to the gym nowadays? 100%. Yeah, yeah. No, Steph was brilliant. And you know what? I still, there are still days now where I do stretching and just gentle stuff and... Ah, I've forgotten about that actually. Yeah, that was the that was the key way of getting energy into my body. Now I don't have to do that anymore. No. I don't have to do it anymore. But I still do things I learned. Yeah. You know, my back's still a bit it's a bit tight in certain things. So I do do things actually one thing I do want to say, and this is my message to the world actually around the heart attack. I completely misunderstood the symptoms I was getting, which was just mild discomfort in my chest. Now, I knew something was wrong, but I did nothing about it. Wow. I sort of self, self-diagnosed and thought, hmm, is it a chest cold? I've got something going on. It doesn't feel quite right. The thing I should have done, and the UK, we have we have something called a triage number, you call. If I called 111 and said, right, I've got this feeling in my chest. It doesn't quite feel like anything. I can't really put my finger on it. They instantly would have said, get to hospital. Wow. And that prevented having a heart attack. So I'm cross with myself because there's a, semi-educated human being stubborn i ignored it i was stubborn i thought i'll be fine go away it's cold it was wrong and it didn't feel like a cold i knew it was wrong but i i i I didn't listen to my body and i was stupid but i can understand why because you expect to get certain symptoms and they were just different for me and the same way chronic fatigue is different for everybody what I had was angina, but my angina was personal to me, which would be different from other people as well. Mm-hmm. So if you ever get any chest feeling in your chest, which you're not quite sure about, just call. Just Interesting. Call. Maybe that's your, maybe that's your calling. Maybe there's yeah. things happen, you know, to to in the years to come. Who knows? Yeah, no, I think you're right, and you know, this is where I still need to figure out what it is. But it's it come the spring next year when I'm I'm, I'm got more time again. Then it's. I think it's 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 how do I get back from a health point of view? Yeah, totally. Uh, I can see that. I've been having the experience of being there myself now, so yeah, you know that would that would that would make hopefully that would make a difference to if it makes a difference to one person. Then, I mean, um, dude, it will, it will for sure. Amazing, uh, man! You got your life back. You're going to your first spin class. <laughs> you're gymming. You're <laughs> pushing these young bucks out of the way. These 18 year old kids, get out of the way. Let me. Give me the way. But what's, yeah. what, what I love the most, man, is just like how adaptable you've been over this period. And and personally, like, I think one of the things that I want to give you credit for is your learner's mindset. Like you're a, you're a successful guy. You've, you've traveled the world. You've worked in big corporate. You work with smart people, yet you still came into this program and you had a totally open learner's mindset. And I think that allowed you to really not have to butt against the information that you were getting to then just take it on and apply it in your life. And and the world's been your oyster because of that. 
two questions before we go and again thank you so much this has been absolute gold absolute gold and i actually can't wait to see what you do we're going to stay in contact yeah we will absolutely i, I yeah, want to help I, yeah i want to help you do whatever you want to do help you with your dream as well two things one there's heaps of people who are watching this right now who are going who are, oh, yeah, i need to join the program but you know it costs money is it worth it what if I fail? You know, I've tried a million different things. They're all saying that. You've been through that yourself. What would you say to those people? Just do it. Just do it. Simple as that. Crikey, blind me. If I hadn't joined CFS Health, I'd still been in the same place. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't. I had a lot of the information, but as I say, I just wasn't using it properly because I didn't know how to. Mm. And there's no, there's no other, there's other manual out there, right? And what I really, two things I really like about CFS Health, first and foremost is, it it's put together it's put together right so you've learned little snippets but it, you get given a program which says you know this this is a way of doing things try it and if it doesn't work try it again if it doesn't work try it again and then there's there's help and advice to help you on the way so it is it's a program which has really been thought through for every element be it, be it physical, be it mental, be it emotional. There's another one as well, usually. Spiritual, yeah. Thank you. It's it's all there. And some of the emotional stuff, I, I came to it a little bit too late, but God, I wish I had it when I was two years in to, to, to have Gemma's knowledge and wisdom and things like that. It would have been a massive help for me. But at the time, you know, I, I joined too late from that point of view. But it's, it's the only thing I've come across as to which really encapsulates everything about this, 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 bloody horrible illness so without a shadow of a doubt you know you're leading the way worldwide with everything which i've looked to do and my family looked to do to try and try and uh, make it happen and the second thing is it's how you do it so i can tell from my commercial world that you really you all spend a lot of time making sure that you coach and there's a big difference between, you know, managing and coaching and the way you coach people within the program and allow them to, because they have to figure it out themselves. It's not as simple as get up at seven o'clock, drink water, eat breakfast. <laughs> people have to work out what is right for them. So your coaching style and your coaching technique, I reckon that you as a leader, I put a lot of time and energy into the people who you work with to make sure they know how to go about doing this and, and help people. And, you know, I take the hat off that to, to you and congratulate you for you doing it as well. You do, you do a super, super job at that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, the summary to that is the program is very well thought through and the way you deliver it is, is the best it possibly could be. So for anybody who is thinking of joining, those are the two reasons why I would say without a shadow of doubt, just do it. Thank you. That means a lot to me. We 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 put in, as you know, we put in a lot of time and energy, and the team care. You know, at the end of the day, like we we just care about the people, and and we pride ourselves on being the most comprehensive program in the world. And it's nice to hear that from you know a client who's been through it and done it, especially at your caliber, who's seen a lot of things in the world and done a lot of great things too. Lastly, you know, there's some people who can't afford help at all and might not be able to afford help ever. And and also there's people who aren't ready yet to to do a program. That's totally fine. Just like any departing wisdom that you'd just like to share to the world, obviously you shared the heart stuff, which is really brilliant. You know, guys, if you're feeling anything in the chest, do what Andrew said, go and get checked. But, you know, for anyone who's struggling at home today, Andrew, just listening to your story and being inspired by what you've done with your life, man, what would you like to kind of, what was your, it's your last little message to everyone? You can take a moment, by the way, have a breath. Yeah, nice. Again, I mean, this is just perhaps the type of person I am, but, you know, you just, just believe. Simple as that. You know, just believe. Never stop. You know, you just, it's a, it's a huge saying, but if I, if it happens to me, it happens to me, it can happen to anybody. You know, and I, I just never, ever stopped believing that I was going to get well. A bit of an anthem for me is is a, is, a, is a song by Journey, which was popular back in the 80s when I was doing my A-levels here in the UK. And it was Don't Stop Believing. It's a Journey song. So that's always been a bit of an anthem in my life. Whenever I've had a challenge, I've used it. So, 
you know, I, I play that from time to time and funny enough, a number of people would just, they'd use that as an example to help me on my way. You know, here's a song, play, keep playing this to yourself so you keep believing. So yeah, just, just never, never stop believing that you, 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 you can't get well because you can, you absolutely can. So yeah, it's, I guess I think to answer your question, just, 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 your self-belief system just simply you are a breath of fresh air seriously <laughs> i know you want to be as strong as you are 18 but you're as youthful as 18 as well honestly it's been so refreshing to talk to you tonight <laughs> thank you so much from the bottom of my heart from everyone at Seva's health and also around the world people who are watching this and touched by your story appreciate you andrew uh, yeah no well thank you thank you to you Aaron, Seth, Gemma. you're a big considering it's all online you've become a big part of my life and you know i still I still think every day about things which came up and things i learned and what have you and it isn't over actually i don't think it is because there's still a little bit about what's next for me yeah lifestyle um, integration wise for sure yeah i'm excited for you know, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna get I'm gonna get through the we, we head off to the u.s in a week's time gonna, my son's working out in miami so we, we head off to him in December. So December's pretty much gone. But come the new year and my fitness is good, I think I'll, I need to join the integration program again just to – because, again, there's too many thoughts. I think, this, that, Dude, I'd love to help you with your dream. I yeah, mean, so we spoke about that almost, yeah, six months ago. But yeah. when the time's right, I think you clearly – and I think everyone would agree with me here that like you've clearly got something to give. So let's chat. Yeah. Let's chat in. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I need help. So, you know, as I say, you know, the coaching again – it's, it's, yeah. it's coaching me to where where it is I want to whatever I want to get to. This is the fun part though. You now you get to choose what you want to do. You know <laughs> what I mean. Whereas like the, the not so fun coaching is when you don't have a choice and you got to get out of it. So yeah, this is the fun stuff now. So yeah, go and enjoy your spin class. Great to <laughs> chat. We'll speak to you soon. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, Toby. Thanks, man. Take care. See All the best. Bye. Goodbye. Hey. I hope this video was really helpful for you. If you haven't already, please hit the like button and feel free to leave a comment. What was your takeaway, your insight from today's video? It's really helpful to actually write your learnings down. We seem to embed it better and it seems to help us move forwards with life. Here are three ways we can help you right now whenever you're ready. The first way is make sure you add yourself into our free information recovery group on Facebook. We'll leave a link in the description below. It's a really supportive, encouraging place. There's no negative venting. You can ask questions to other people. There's something like seven, 8,000 people in there right now. And I'm sure by the time you're watching this video, there's even more. So go over there right now. We share success stories. We share our latest free trainings that come to the public. And we always share upcoming information about upgrades inside our program. And also when we offer free webinars or free information nights that can further help you with your own recovery. The second way we can help you, which is one of my favorite, is through all our free trainings. We're going to leave a link in the description with our favorite free trainings that we know can help you start your recovery, whether that's through our baseline training, which will help you stop pushing and crashing, our three stages of recovery to figure out exactly where you're at and know what to do next, or my favorite, which is our guest panel workshop, which was actually exclusive for our members. It was so damn good that I actually asked them, can we share this to the public? They all said yes, all five of them. So thank you past members. They share their five recovery secrets and it's really powerful. There's tears, there's aha moments, there's real key insight and inspiration. And so whether you're a one out of 10 and you're really struggling right now, or whether you're further along in your recovery journey and you're integrating back into life, we have you covered. The third way we can help you is through our actual paid online recovery program, the mentorship recovery program. And if you are interested in getting proper help, a holistic comprehensive plan, professional coaching from the best coaches in the world, whether that's with mindset, movement, nutrition, restorative movement, reconditioning, integrating back into life, integrated medicine, baseline, structure, routine, accountability, all things health and life feel free to apply for the program today. All you need to do is click on the form, cfshealth.com slash form, fill out the short 
two to three minute form application and the team will be in touch with all the details that you need to know about the program via email. So make sure you check your spam folder for all the free trainings. If you've sent through an application, please be patient. My team are real people, okay? They're not robots. So if we don't get back to you within seconds or hours, it's okay. <laughs> we will get back to you. If you don't hear from the team within two to three days, that means that it's basically gone to spam or junk and it's gone missing. So please send a follow-up email to the team at info at cfshealth.com. If you have any questions, go check it out. But I would highly recommend adding yourself into the free group right now. Go click on that link in the description. Go download all the free trainings. Honestly, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because when I went through this myself, it was so painful and so excruciating that I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And some of these free trainings are so damn valuable. Back then, I would have paid thousands of dollars for. We've had so many comments and emails and posts saying, oh my God, the baseline training was a game changer for me. Toby, I've been doing this now for three months and I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are decreasing. I've got more stamina. I've got more energy. I'm able to do more things. So, you know, whether you're learning from us and consuming our content through our free format, I'm so stoked. Whether that's in our paid program, I don't really care. Either way, all I want to make sure is that you are moving forwards. You are starting to really implement this work. And that's really what it's all about. Once we implement, we make change and we start to move forwards. Sending you a ton of love. Of course, feel free to consume as much of the YouTube videos as you like. There's so many really, really great ones, new and old. Sending you a ton of love and uh, speak to you very, very soon. All the best for now.